Hello there, everybody. Welcome into another episode of P. Witty's World. Today is Wednesday, November 8th. It is currently about 7.15 at night, and I've got the Republican uh, national debate paused in the background as I will go back and watch that a little bit later. But it's been a little while since I've had an episode. Been pretty busy. Start of basketball season. A lot of different things going on. Before I go any further, please make sure you're following me on all the social uh, media outlets, including Facebook, X, and Instagram. The handle is P. Witty's World. And appreciate all of you that are following so far. And also remember to share this. Give me a nice uh, review if you could. Uh, continuing to build steam, trying to rebuild uh, up some listenership here since I've taken a few weeks off. And uh, also kind of working on the brand. Uh, my friend Christian Taylor, who does a little bit of everything for us at Ravenwood in terms of photos. Uh, suggested that uh, I do a new profile pic. So he kind of worked on one for me, and I'm going to – I really liked it. I'm going to throw it out there here soon. Uh, his rationale made a lot of sense. He said, uh, hey, you know, you got the Bitmoji there, and it's like this uh, happy guy, you know, and it, if somebody just was perusing across your podcast, they would think it's funny. And he's he didn't say it wasn't funny. I mean, I think I'm a pretty funny person. But he said, hey, you're, you're talking about serious stuff. Made a lot of sense. He's a smart guy. Um, he's also, uh, going to give me some better equipment, uh, or give me some suggestions for some better equipment. He says, uh, you know, the content is great. The sound is not so great. So we're working on that. It's always a work in progress, but since it's been a while, a lot of different topics I want to touch on. Uh, yesterday was election day in a lot of States, uh, some signals moving forward as to how, uh, strategists will approach the 2024 election based on some of those. Uh, results. I want to talk about some of the new polls that are out there regarding the upcoming presidential election. We're a year away. It's coming up, including uh, some not so great news for Joe Biden. I would like to talk about the train wreck that is Vanderbilt athletics, specifically Vanderbilt basketball, as I endured probably the most ridiculous and disappointing loss as a fan I've ever seen. Uh, and then also talk about uh, daylight savings and uh, just brands in general kind of making a statement. So a lot to get to. Before I go any further, I'm going to do a little bit of bragging on my uh, oldest daughter, Rhea. She is a senior in high school, been applying to colleges. Uh, she reached out uh, to me on Saturday, called me at like 9 a.m. I was in the middle of coaching a game over at Brentwood High School, but she she doesn't usually call me on Saturday mornings. In fact, she usually doesn't call at all. She texts. Uh, and a lot of those texts are, hey, can I use a credit card? I need to get dinner. Um whatever. But anyway, it's fine. Uh, she's probably not listening, so she doesn't care. But she called and said, hey, I got accepted to Butler, and I also got this scholarship. And the scholarship's worth well over $100,000. So, um, yeah. So I was uh, excited to hear that. And I was also excited the fact that, hey, maybe, maybe she won't go to Loyola Chicago. That's been her dream school. Uh, that's a school she really wants to go to. I was like, she got this great scholarship from Butler. It's closer. I'm not overly thrilled about the prospect of her living in Chicago. And then the next day, she gets her acceptance from Loyola, and they gave her more money. So we'll see how it plays out. But nonetheless, really proud of her. She's done a really good job. And uh, I guess the downside to that is, like, it's, it's real now. She's getting accepted to colleges, and she might be uh, 
well, she will be going to college next year, so uh, it's a little hard to come to grips with because things fly by so fast. But anyway, I want to talk about election night last night. Obviously, no elections here in Tennessee, but uh, there were some significant elections that people were keeping their eye on. You had the Democrat incumbent, Andy Bashir winning in Kentucky, which uh, signals that uh, you know the Democrats can still gain some steam in a red state. Uh, you had a constitutional amendment referendum in Ohio to allow abortion. Uh, and you also had the Democrats in Virginia picking up several state legislature seats, which is bad news for Glenn Youngkin, who was the first Virginia candidate to win a statewide election in Virginia in a very long time. And there has been some prevailing thoughts that potentially Virginia could go red in 2024, which if it did, I think the path to the White House would be very difficult for the Democrats and maybe impossible. But Democrats had a really good night last night in terms of the election. And uh, hopefully for them, that can be a springboard moving forward. Uh, doesn't really matter that much to me because the polls that are out there are not really signaling um, great things for the Democrats. In fact, there was an article on MSNBC which said the Democratic Party is kind of in a five-alarm fire regarding the candidacy of Joe Biden, talking about there are many people within the party that would rather the party go a different direction my personal opinion, it's a little too late. Uh, unless something happens to Joe Biden, which none of us want, no one wants anyone to die. But if nothing changes for the Democrats, I think it's going to be a really tough road ahead. And I think the most staggering statistic I saw in this article was uh, the party's bedrock constituency, black voters, appears to be eroding. In 2020, black voters favored Biden over Trump by a margin of 78 percentage points. In a new survey, Biden's margin had dropped to 49 points. That is incredibly significant because the base of black voters is very critical to the Democratic Party. Typically, uh, black-aged voters, uh, eligible black voters, better way to put it, uh, will vote for the Democratic uh, side 91% of the time. It's a demographic that has been very loyal to the Democratic Party. In fact, they're uh, poor turnout in 2016 was probably one of the reasons why Hillary Clinton was not able to win. But these are some alarming statistics that are coming out. And then when you add to the fact that Trump is leading by about five percentage points in five different swing states that he did not win in 2020, um, there's a lot to be concerned about if you're a Democrat. It's a little surprising that Trump has been able to gain this much momentum as we move forward and then you also have the concept of the third party you have robert f kennedy which in a poll about a week ago was polling at 22 percent and then you had him in a poll in this morning or yesterday at cnn where he's polling at 16 percent now the poll last week where he was polling at 22 percent said that he was taking voters away from donald trump well the latest poll the cnn poll it appears that he is now taking voters away from Joe Biden. I expect Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to stay in the election, but it gives Trump a solid six-point cushion on a national level, which is above the margin of error and is just, to me, really, really surprising. Now, the exciting thing for me is the fact that we have third-party candidates actually emerging. We don't have an official no-labels candidate yet. We'll have to see how that plays out. The Democrats fear the no-labels movement significantly many democratic pundits have spoken out against it in fact nancy pelosi gave a whole speech about basically how the uh no labels ticket didn't offer a lot of substance about a week ago so it's definitely something that the democratic party 
is very concerned about. It's going to be interesting. I will still be very disappointed if the election comes down to Trump and Biden. Uh, I don't know. My students asked me today, like, if you had to pick a Republican candidate uh, that is currently available, meaning the ones that are on the stage tonight, it's down to five, by the way, uh, who would you pick? Uh, I would pick Nikki Haley. I think Nikki Haley is intelligent. I think she's got some pretty solid moderate views. I'm not saying that I would vote for her in the general election, but if I had to pick one of those five, I would. I don't think Chris Christie is a viable candidate. I think DeSantis is going about things all the wrong way and is just a lighter version of Trump. I think Vivek is just out there to basically try and become Trump's running mate. And Tim Scott just doesn't have uh, the support that he needs. I actually like Tim Scott. I think he'd be a good candidate. But uh, I would go with Nikki Haley out of that group. Um, Just something here, you know, transitioning to sports. I attended the Vanderbilt basketball game last night and watched them lose to Presbyterian. And I tried to, I had a conversation with my dad on my drive home from work today. I cannot think of a more disappointing loss uh, in all my years of Vanderbilt basketball fandom. I've always been a huge Vanderbilt basketball fan uh, because, quite honestly, when I was younger, it was a sport that they were very competitive in. Uh, Baseball really wasn't a thing back then. Football, we've always been bad. Uh, But basketball was a sport where, you know, in Memorial Gym in the 80s and early 90s, Vanderbilt very competitive. In fact, the 1993 team, when I was in high school, went 28-6, and went to the Sweet 16. But I'll be honest, uh, that place was like a tomb last night. There were probably about 4,000 people in there, a far cry from the 15,000 people that used to pack it when I was younger. It's just incredibly frustrating that uh, Jerry Stackhouse comes out and says, hey, we are going to wipe the floor with these non-conference opponents. Uh, We have changed our approach. They should have made the tournament a year ago. They did not. Finished fourth in the SEC. Finished ahead of many teams that made the tournament. But they had some very bad losses in the preseason. And all this stuff he said about how he had learned his lesson, he didn't. He rotated way too many guys in the game. Played Had five freshmen on the floor at one point. uh, And it just didn't look like a team that was ready to go out and compete. I think they've got some talent. The expectation is they make the NCAA tournament this year, even though they're picked 11th in the SEC. I mean, it's year five. You got to cash in. The football program has regressed this year. It's been very frustrating. And uh, they continue to extend the contracts of coaches who don't win. Before last season, they gave Jerry Stackhouse a contract extension. Before this season, they gave Clark Lee a contract extension. Newsflash, they're not going anywhere because they haven't won big. They're just throwing away money, and it all starts at the top. And Candace Story Lee is the athletic director, and quite honestly, I think she should be fired. And people look at me and like, how can you, being a coach, how can you advocate for anybody to be fired? Well, guess what? I don't make $900,000 a year. If you make $900,000 a year and you suck at your job, you should be fired. That's the reality of it. Okay? I'm not making that kind of money. First of all, I don't think I suck at my job, all right? I think I'm a pretty solid teacher. I think I'm a pretty solid basketball coach. That's not really for me to decide. I love my job. I want to go in. I want to do the work. I want to impact as many people as I can. I want to win games. But if I was making $900,000 a year and constantly making poor decisions, you should fire me. It's very, very simple. So I really don't understand what the problem is, but... Some heads need to roll over there because I'm I'm starting to lose interest. And I've been a fan for 46 years, essentially since birth. 
And when people like me are getting apathetic about the basketball program and the football program to the point where we don't even want to attend games anymore, like they're going to play Friday night, there is zero chance I even think about going. In fact, I don't know when I want to go. I'm supposed to go to Memphis on December 22nd to watch them play uh, the University of Memphis, get to hang out with a bunch of friends from high school, be a really good time, get to spend the night down there, hang out. Now I'm like, I don't even want to go. I don't want to go down there and watch my alma mater and the team I've pulled for and loved for years get embarrassed in my home city. It's just not fun. So I don't know what needs to be done. I do have an opportunity to sit in the chancellor's box in about a week because I'm on this fan council. It's going to be hard to keep my mouth shut, but I really hope I get to have a conversation with the chancellor about what I think because if you know anything about me, I usually say what I think. It's not always the best decision. I understand that. I'm getting better about it. But I'm definitely going to uh, bend his ear a little bit on how I think things are going. And it could get a little awkward. So changing gears, I did come across this story. And this is terrifying to me. But I found this article uh, where these five guys in Florida captured a 198-pound Burmese python. That's not even the crazy part. Like in this article, they found this snake and they wrestled it for like 45 minutes. And there's a picture. I mean, this thing is huge. It is 17 feet long. And they basically wrestled with this thing for hours, uh, more than, well, not hours, but more than 45 minutes. And then they called this one lady uh, who is like a python hunter. She came and euthanized the snake. And uh, she quit her job to hunt snakes. But evidently, this is a major problem in Florida. It's wrecking the ecosystem, and there are pythons all over the place. And quite honestly, I have no desire to ever go to the Everglades in Florida and just kick it in the forest or anything like that because uh, I don't want to encounter a snake that is uh, three times as long as me and weighs the same amount I do. Uh, That is absolutely terrifying. I don't know why anyone would want to do that. And that's not even the biggest one they've ever caught. The biggest one that's ever been caught weighed 215 pounds and was 18 feet long. I can think of zero things as terrifying as encountering a python like that. All right, one other rant. Maybe you'll find this funny. Maybe you won't. But do we really need daylight savings time? First of all, I had no clue that it was going on on Sunday. I woke up. And it took me, honestly, two hours to figure out what time it was because I have some clocks that automatically change, like in my bedroom. And then I went out to the, uh, the kitchen and the clock on the, uh, the stove and the microwave was different. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And then it clicked like 45 minutes later. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it's probably about the time of year where it's daylight savings. That's not even the worst part. The worst part is the fact that my body has not changed its internal clock because I don't, whenever I wake up, first of all, I get up at 4.30 in the morning every day like a psychopath so I can get up and go work out before work. What up, Iron Trap? But anyway, I I get up at 4.30 and now I'm waking up at 3.30 and I can't go back to sleep. Like I try, I get up, I basically watch TV for like an hour and then I begin my daily routine. And it is absolutely insane. And I've got to find a way to kick the habit. It's obviously going to work itself out in a, in a few weeks or however long it takes. But it's just incredibly frustrating. 19 states have passed a law that once the federal 
uh, once Congress passes a law, that we will get rid of daylight savings. Now, I understand there's some other ramifications that come with it, but I honestly don't care. Like, it just may, can we just have one universal time and just move forward with it? I know it was done for farming and there used to be a actual purpose for that. I don't really think that that's even still valid. And if it is, you know, drop me an email and explain to me why it is valid. But I think it is the dumbest thing in the world. Uh, another thing I just that just came up, and this I get this daily newsletter. It's called The Hustle. It's got a lot of really good information. A lot of it's technology-based. But it did talk about brands making a statement. And after reading this article, let me, let me tell you what I think about brands making a statement. I don't think you should do it. Uh, it is basically wrecked Bud Light. And it doesn't bother me. Like, you know what? If I thought Bud Light was the greatest uh, beer in the world, then I would continue to drink it. Like, I would keep my loyalty regardless of how they speak out about different issues or whatever might be on the table. But if I was running a major corporation, I would just stay out of the political game. And it said that uh, basically, and we are divided on party lines on this, the statistics it gave is that Republicans are far more likely to not want a company to speak out about something, and cons- uh, liberals are far more likely to want a company to speak out on something. How about we just don't care? If you have a great product, sell the product, all right, get a great advertising campaign, Mad Men style, and just sell your stuff. You don't have to get involved in LGBTQ rights or anything else, I all I assume that everybody is cool with uh, LGBTQ. I you know why would you, why would you not be? It's not a big deal. No one cares. But if you have to come out and speak out against it or for it, uh, I think it's just a significant mistake. And that's just my two cents on there. And I just thought those are some interesting statistics to throw out there. So, uh, boy, this 17 minutes has rolled by pretty quick. Uh, thanks again to all of you that listen. Please check me out on the uh, social media outlets, X, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. Please share the show. And once again, I really appreciate the support. We're getting close. Or I'm getting close. I, I, I always say we like there's an operation here. It's me and a MacBook and this microphone. But uh, I'm getting close to about 300 listeners per episode, which to me is absolutely insane. But hey, let's get it up to 1,000, and then uh, Spotify will actually start paying me money to do this. So that would be amazing, and I'd probably do more episodes. So thanks again to all of you listening. I hope you guys have a great weekend, and I'll be back with uh, some more stories or things to talk about next week. Take care.